Hey, good morning. Uh, this morning, God woke me up with a song. And a lot of times I'm noticing when God wakes me up with a song, there is the, the, the particular lyric that is going through my head. It's not the whole song. It means something. And this morning, the song was, um, I will make room. I will make room. And so I, I pulled it up on Spotify. I only knew the few verses that were going through my head. So I pulled it up and I looked at the lyrics um, and I listened to more of it. And it's uh, the first verse is, I will make room for you. Here is where I lay it down. Every burden, every crown, this is my surrender. So today, that's what it became, all about surrender. I sat down to spend time with him and it was all about surrender. So um, I, if this is for you, then you are struggling with um, building your house on sand and not on the foundation of Christ. My life is built on myself, my good or my bad, <clears throat> and not on the rock of Christ. So I'm just going to walk you through how he walked me through this. <clears throat> so I was praying to him and I said, Lord, I give you every crown. You know, it's really easy to give him every burden because we want to get rid of those anyway, right? Take my burdens, Lord. Take them. I don't want them anymore. But to give him your crowns, the things that make you you, the things you're proud of, the things you do well in life, those are the things that he said, I want those too. That's harder. So I said, Lord, I give you every crown, everything that is good in me. Because I don't want my foundation to be me, whether it's, whether it's um, me standing on the foundation of how awesome I am or me standing on the foundation of how horrible I am, because I have lived in both of those places. My foundation was based on all of my issues for many, many years, and then I became a Christian at 27, and then it continued being all about how, you know, all the things that are wrong with me. And then he slowly turned it, you know, to where I, I started seeing what was good. Well, then my foundation slipped over to everything that's good about me. And that's what I'm standing on. There is no peace. I did not have peace. And you'll, you'll notice that thread running through my podcasts. I am after peace. I remember, uh, I was on a worship team and when I was worshiping on stage, I absolutely loved it. Um, I I loved that I was singing for the Lord. I loved that people were um, could hear my voice. I loved that there was applause after the song because it was it was so moving. But I was really loving the applause, and I was miserable. I I was having a wonderful time while I was up there at the church, but then I would come home to my mundane world and mopping the floor and changing dirty diapers, and it was such a letdown, really. It was such a letdown. I had no peace, and I remember praying before, uh, when we would all pray on the worship team before the service, I remember praying, I just want to be content. I did not know that he would take it all away from me. He was going to take it all away. He was going to give me the opportunity to quit. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't let it go. It was my entire foundation. Before singing in a church, I was singing country music um, in bars and such. And so my foundation was already set before I became a Christian. It was set on that. 
what I saw. I was begging him for contentment. I just want to be content. And he, he did come to me and he said, you need to quit. And of course, I didn't hear him very well. And I went to my worship pastor and, and I'm crying because this, this represents me giving up everything that's good about me. Everything else was bad. It was the one thing I did well, I thought. And, um, and he said, I think that if God told you to do this, you wouldn't be so sad about it. Well, he didn't know my history. And I, could, I don't think I could have even explained what, what I was feeling at the time. So I didn't quit. And then a second time, the Lord said, you need to quit. And a second time, I didn't. I couldn't let it go. Um, and then the whole thing got taken away from me. The whole thing. So, um, and I lost it all anyway. And I remember laying in bed for a week, crying, feeling like jello, like there was no substance in me. My whole life was built around singing because A, I could do it okay. I could do it okay enough that somebody would say, that was really good. You know, I, I was no phenom at it, but pretty good. And second, people were putting me up on a pedestal for the first time in my life. That never happened before, and I couldn't let it go. But I was asking him for peace, so he kicked that pedestal out from under me, and I'm so grateful he did. So so here we are again at another place of surrender this morning, and I said, this time I'm going to give. I'm going to give everything that's going good in my life. I'm going to give it. Um, here is where I surrender. I remember Catherine Kuhlman saying that, in a, a talk that she gave, you have to get to the very end of yourself. And I remember thinking, I don't even know how to do that. I don't know how to get to the end of myself. So I guess the Lord's taking me there today. So what are all the things good about me? Well, the, I can only list a couple of things. I know I can sing pretty good. So I gave that. that that's, that's like the one of the good things I've got. I gave that over. Uh, I'm really good about having a quiet time with him. Um... Uh, and I'm proud of that in myself. I gave that to him. Um, uh, being a mom, I think I'm doing pretty okay at that. I gave that to him. Every crown, every crown that I put on myself, hey, I'm doing pretty good at that. I gave it over to Jesus. I just, I gave it to him. Uh, and so then I'm feeling like jello again, sitting here in my chair this morning, like I'm nothing. So I wrote, Who am I, Lord? Um, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm at the very end of myself, which is what Catherine Coleman said. I am at the end of myself. Who am I? And then I said to the Lord, what if I can't do this? What if I start to try to empty myself of all this stuff and then I take it all back? Um, and then I ruin everything. And I felt like the Lord said to me, this is an everyday emptying. It's not a once for all, once for the week, once for the month. It's an everyday emptying. And I thought, oh, I can do that. I can write down in my journal, don't, you know, empty, be empty today. I can do that. I can practice doing that. I love that he's so practical with me. He knows my brain and he knows I've got to be practical. I love that. So I, I thought, okay, well, then I will practice every day. So today I am empty and this is the beginning. This is the beginning is what I wrote. So as I continued to pray, I thought, how do I be empty and do all the mundane tasks of life? I am a stay-at-home mom. There's cleaning and dishes and dinners. And then there's being a counselor 
to one, a caretaker for another, and then I'm a wife. So I've got these tasks that have to be done every day, and and I don't really know how to be empty and do all those tasks. Isn't being empty meaning to minister to people? Don't, don't I have to be a minister or a ministry? Um, but I don't. I don't really have a ministry. I just. I'm. I just do life. That's what I'm doing. So, so then he gave me Colossians three seventeen. And it says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I was like, okay, well, mundane tasks is included in everything. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. I can do that. I can do that today. Everything I do is in the name of the Lord Jesus. So then I went to look at the commentary because I still was asking the question, what does it mean to do something in the name of the Lord Jesus? What does that mean? So I went and looked at the commentary. I don't remember whose commentary this was. I use Bible Hub for commentaries because you can actually look at a commentary for an, a specific verse. Um, over on Blue Letter Bible, It'll pull up the commentary, but it's for the whole chapter. So you have to be flipping, flip, 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 you know, scrolling through your phone to try to find the place where your specific verse is. Um, um, Blue Letter Bible has David Guzik commentary, and I really do enjoy his commentary. Um, I learn a lot, and it's not like an old-timey one, but sometimes the old-timey ones are really good. This was an old-timey one because that's what's on over on Bible Hub, and I don't remember whose it was. But he said this, The main object of all life is not our own happiness. That is what I've been focused on. Or perfection, or the good of our fellow men. That surprised me because I thought, well, if it's not supposed to be about me, it must be about other people. And this guy said, no, but the glory of God, the main object of all life is the glory of God, the carrying out of his will and so manifesting his moral attributes, which moves into the scripture, seek the kingdom of God first and all these other things will be added to you. So the main object of my day today needs to be the glory of God, which is the carrying out of his will. Okay. I was like, okay, that's practical. I can do that today. So my next question was, can you guess? Can you guess? What is your will? (laughs) Because what's your will today? I will try to do that. And the, the word that came bubbling up in my spirit was love. Well, this is not surprising. So I went over to Mark 12, 30, and I have it on my phone. If you will be patient with me, I have Mark 1230. That's Colossians. That's Matthew. And this is Mark. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, love the neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So that's his will for me today. Um, Okay, love the Lord my, my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, that will take a lot of focus right there. That's a, that's a lot of love. So then I started thinking about um, my foundation. And you know, you know the parable of the house that's built on sand and the house that's built on the rock. So I started thinking about the foundation, all the things that make me me 
are sand. Everything that's good about me, everything that's bad about me, it's all on sand. And though I thought I was on a foundation, I was only standing on sand. Well, as long as there's no tide coming in and no storm blowing, the sand is quite stable, right? If you just stand there on sand, (laughs) it's quite stable, you know, unless you start jiggling around, you're going to start to sink a little bit. Um, And you're going to be fine until the tide comes in, until a storm comes, which was the whole point of the parable. You're not fine. I'm not fine. I think I'm pretty stable because I'm standing here on the sand. And my, I was, I, I, I drew a bunch of little houses and I was, I was like, okay, what sand was I standing? What was my house that I built on the sand? Well, I was in a house of being young and, and more pretty, more pretty when I was younger. You know what? Like I'm looking at my wedding picture. I was 30 in my wedding picture. And I, and I, in my mind, I think I still look like that. The mirror tells me something different and I'm, and I, and, and I'm upset about it. <laughs> and I'm like, Karen, get off the sand. Reality is you're 51 years old. <laughs> get off the sand. The sand is that I still look like I'm 30 and it keeps hurt. It keeps offending me. <laughs> so another one was money. Having money uh, um, was a house on the sand. Well, the house was fine until the tide came up, until the storm came. The house was fine, but I never had peace with it. I didn't have any peace. The sand of my my family, my my husband and my two kids, and the unit that we are, well, well, that's fine until a storm comes and something catastrophic happens. Uh, it's going to wash away. It's in you know, it was sand. the The house of my my parents are still alive. You know, at fifty one years old, my dad is slowly on his way out. It's very sad. We grieve a lot. My mom is uh, just getting older and having to deal with that. And I am, you know, they're, they're 80 years old now. So their time is shorter. That's built on sand. If I have my foundation, if I'm standing on who I am, uh, and they're my parents and they're my foundation, that is sand. Uh, being a mom, um, I'm not going to be a mom, uh, like I am right now. It's going to morph and it's going to change. And I'm not going to be this kind of mom that much longer. Sand. That's sand. It's fine as long as there's no tide and no storm. The house on the sand is standing and it's doing fine. It's the wind and the rain and the storm and the tide. It's going to take it down. So I think I'm doing fine in my foundation being a mom, but I'm really on sand. I just don't know it. Uh, And then any talents and gifts that I have, as long as there's no storm, that's a great foundation for me to stand on but it's the storm that's coming. And so I thought I was never on a foundation. I thought I was standing on a concrete foundation of, of stuff in my life, be it good or be it bad. I stood on both, but I was really on sand. Jesus is the only solid foundation. If I'm not counting on him alone, I am on sand. Anything that's not Jesus is sand and sand will shift and it will move and it will blow away. It will end up in the water during a storm. There is no peace on sand. My only solid foundation is a rock. It is a cornerstone. 
and it is Jesus. So instead of picturing myself standing on this big, wide, concrete foundation, I, I broke that up in my brain and put myself on sand. I'm just standing on sand. And then I pictured just a rock, a cornerstone, a rock. Not a huge one, but just a rock. And I, and I stepped up and I stepped on the rock. And it just, that I, as it's, I'm just standing on a rock. I don't know if that makes sense as I say it to you, but I wasn't on a massive foundation and that may change in my brain as I learn more just for today. I'm just standing on a rock and wherever I walk, I'm just, I'm still on that one rock and it's big enough. It's just big enough for me to stand on every step that I take. I have to Make sure that I'm with Christ. Does that make any sense? That's what I was thinking in my head today. And um, so he took me to uh, that he's, he's all I need. And I was like, Lord, you're like the pearl of great price. The pearl. So let me read you. Let me go on my phone and let me read you the parable of the pearl of great price. It is. Oh, it's right here. Okay. So it's Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Oh, this isn't the pearl one. The pearl one is 45. So this is 44. So think of this. It's a treasure in a field. Just imagine that you're walking through somebody's field and you see a little piece of a lottery card sticking up and you look down and it's a lottery card and you, it's a scratcher, right? So you scratch it off and it is, It's a $30 million lottery ticket. I mean, it's a huge treasure and, and you're not going to steal it. You know, I know what you're thinking, put it down. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. Stop trying to steal it. It was on his land. It's his lottery ticket. But what you can do is you can bury it again with just the little tip sticking out. It was in the middle of nowhere. Probably nobody's going to find it. And then you go and you inquire on the price of the land. I want to buy your land. And he says that land is $200,000. Well, okay, you have a house and you have some cars. And if you sell all of that, you can probably get $200,000. But you're selling everything. Would you do it? Would you sell everything knowing that once you buy that land, you know where that lottery ticket is and you have $50 million waiting for you or 30, whatever I said, right? Okay. So let me read the parable again. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Okay. That treasure is Jesus. Jesus is more than everything we've ever needed. He's more than everything we've ever needed. I remember, I forget the name of the guy. Uh, He died in a dentist's chair and Jesus is standing in the dental room and talked to him and told him some stuff. He didn't see heaven or anything, but Jesus is standing there. um, And he said, when he's looking at Jesus, he said, I'm realizing that he's all I've ever needed. He is, he's my mom. He's my dad. He's my sister. um, He's my spouse. He, every need that I've ever had on this earth, he, he fulfills that need. And I thought, wow, God, when I leave this earth, I don't take anything with me. I don't take my spouse with me because I'm not married anymore. I don't take my parents with me because they're not my parents anymore. I don't take my kids with me because they're not my kids anymore. 
in heaven, we're all family. We're sisters and brothers. So I'm not going to have kids um, in heaven. I'll, I'll be friends with my daughter and my son and my spouse. You know, we'll be great friends, but we're, but we're not that anymore. I, it's Jesus. It's all about Jesus now. Um, okay. And then verse 45 says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Same premise. Jesus is so much of our fulfillment that if we just would sell everything we have, everything that is precious and dear to us, I trade it in for Jesus. I trade it in for Jesus. What does that practically look like? I'm not sure yet. I'm going to find out, you know, as I continue to go down this path. What does it look like? I don't know. But what I do know is that I can do a daily emptying. The things that I'm holding tight to today, uh, the things that are making me feel worthy, the stuff on earth that makes me feel worthy today, I can trade that in for Jesus today. Okay, I don't want to count on having money in my bank account today, and that's my security today. I don't want to count on that. I trade it in for just Jesus. I just want to stand on the rock, the solid rock of Jesus. That's it. And that was my quiet time this morning. That was my wisdom, early morning wisdom this morning. I pray that seeds are planted and maybe there was something that I learned today that that may help you grow closer to Christ. That's that's my, my greatest joy right there. So thank you for being here with me. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.